Gamescom hasn't been done for a couple of years since COVID. And this was the first time we kind of went and uh, met all our friends and tried to make new connections at the recently opened event. It was great meeting everybody and it was even more exciting to kind of explore the show floor uh, for the first time in two years. And uh, we've seen a lot of uh, returning pavilions, like there were a lot of spaces where you could find, you know, companies from a particular area in Europe, like, you know, Spain or area in Asia, like Malaysia, and some other spaces. There were a lot of uh, publishers as well. Uh, There were not that many big publishers out there, but it was uh, still interesting to see a lot of uh, local European houses kind of providing and showing the games that they're building. We haven't seen that many tools and tool developers at uh, Gamescom. Seems like this is not the kind of event that developers of uh, new technology for game production usually like to attend. And uh, a lot of them actually, they don't have, they do attend, but they don't have booths there. But there was one company that we were very fortunate to have a little um, time with and uh, talk about the future of video game production and the future of animation in particular. This company is Plask, and uh, I'm very happy to present our interview with the CEO of this amazing new startup. Greetings, and welcome to the 80 Level Roundtable podcast. In each episode, host Kirill Tokarev invites video game industry leaders to talk about the world of game development. No topic is off limits as long as it relates to video game development. New episodes are in the works, so remember to follow us or subscribe and share with someone you know will also enjoy the podcast. So, before we kind of start, mm-hmm. we ask this question a lot to our uh, the people that we're just talking with. Do you actually play games? Oh, that's a very um, important question. So, yes. Yes, but like I'm quite maniac, I would say, because, you know... Um, I'm not quite sure you know that, but in Korea, most of people play either StarCraft or League of Legends. So I'm not kind of the mainstream gamer in Korean uh, society, but I like to play the Civilization or like... Oh, uh, really? Yeah, those kind of jump, some boring games. I like those kind of games. Uh, like, this is weird, but a lot of people <laughs> who are doing business mm-hmm. in, in tech... Mm-hmm. They're really into civilization. Oh, I think, yeah, I think that's not a coincidence. Yeah, because, yeah. That's, that's not a coincidence. Like, I think Mark Zuckerberg is into civilization. Mm-hmm. The boss of our company is also a big oh, fan really? of civilization. Yeah, and I think, like, everyone who's, like, like to manage and figure <laughs> those things out, they... Yeah, even like, playing game, you exactly. like to manage. But, um... <clears throat> kind of what brought you to Gamescom this year? What are you hmm. showcasing at this show? Yeah, I am. I can say that I'm a gamer, but the game, uh, the reason coming to Gamescom is not kind of for like really to enjoy the game industry, but it's more like the business um, purpose because you know, Flask have been on a great infrastructure for game companies and productions, and we know that we can make the productivity of the game industry really really improved by um, our service so I think we think it's a great opportunity to introduce our tool to the industry and show what we are doing right now yeah that's I think the main purpose so tell us a little bit about your product what Mm -hmm. does uh, 
class to do? What kind of products do you provide? Mm -hmm. A little bit about that direction. Um, so, yeah. Flask is an AI motion capture um, software. Uh, we provide, uh, so you know, motion capture needs a lot of sensors, suits, studios, especially money and time. And Flask don't need any of those. So it is, uh, it only uses a video in order to get a 3D motion data. So uh, what you have to do is just uh, a prepare a video. It can be video taken from your phone or downloaded from YouTube. It all works. So you just can drag and drop the video into our tool. Our tool is a browser-based tool and no need for installations. So you just can drag and drop video onto the tool and you get the 3D motion data. So uh, this makes the whole production much, much easier because, you know, animating became the animation was uh, the most bottleneck of the production. It takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. But just by dragging and drop and video and getting a motion data is a really big thing, especially for, like, the 3D games, I mean, the MMR page or like big scale games, they can save a lot of time and money uh, by using Flask uh, for making their animation process much more efficient. So how does it work? Usually when you think about motion capture, like you said, you need to have a suit. Mm -hmm. There has to be cameras around. Right. There has to be trackers that are on you. And this mm -hmm. allows for a very accurate representation mm -hmm. of motion, yeah. especially when you think about... Um, you know, facial animations or mm -hmm. some very complex motions when you're right. involving fingers or some mm -hmm. other elements. Those are super important. How does your technology work? Like, what's the secret there? How does it know how to track the, mm -hmm. you know, motion from the image, which is basically mm -hmm. flat, as far as I in the, exactly. from the video? So, the previous method, the motion capture, uh, uses a optical or, like, electromagnetic sensors in order to get the exact uh, position of its joints. So you would probably see that they put markers on their suits. So they are using the cameras or the sensor setup in order to get the position of that marker and making it to recover into the motion data. That's how they used to do. Uh, so they are basically using um, the tracking sensor. That's the main difference. We are using the AI or like uh, computer vision technology to get uh, motion reconstructed from video. So it's like a human eye or human brain or like human intelligence because uh, when we see a video, we are not 100% sure about the depth data or like 100% sure about each of, uh, the position of each joint, but we somehow know um, the approximated uh, position of each data while you can see that someone uh, come closer to camera uh, um, or like going far from camera, it all can be reconstructed in human brain. So that's what AI do. AI was trained by uh, 3D motion data. So they were trained to estimate the 3D joints of uh, each joint of the person in the video by looking at huge data set. That's how our AI reconstructs the 3D motion data from video, and it allows it to, by not uh, getting a 3D depth data or like um, sensor data, it somehow uh, can get the uh, reconstructed 3D positions. So, when you think about this technology, how accurate mm -hmm. is the traction of movement? How accurate can you go? So, we should talk about uh, the prison state and how it can go beyond. 
So for now, we can say that our uh, mocap quality is like low budget motion suits. So compared to like high end uh, motion uh, motion capture studios, yes, our uh, motion data is a little bit um, noisy and like uh, many users are giving feedback that the feeds are like quite slidey. Those are still we have still those have problems, but uh, the fun part is that last year uh, the AI quality was like too awful that it isn't like serviceable. And two years ago, no one think about uh, to make it into service because you know it was that terrible. And you know uh, the growth of the AI technology is really fast, and we estimate that most of current uh, users' feedback. I mean, the fit sliding and some of the noise problems will be solved within four and five months. And after one year later, I think uh, we can approach to the quality of uh, middle and uh, middle class motion capture suits. And like two or three years later, we can go like similar level with the high quality motion capture studios. Um, so that's the thing, I guess. Um, the future of the motion capture should be and must be the AI motion capture because um, the performance will uh, finally converge into the high quality market. And um, but uh, accessibility or the um, the efficiency the AI mocap gives to the production is uncomparable. So um, yeah, that's what we are estimating about the performance. So. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how it works. So mm -hmm. as far as I understand, you're a web-based tool and right. you upload some kind of video mm -hmm. there. Then the AI does its magic and it looks at the human positions. Mm -hmm. And uh, what happens next? Does your AI also create a rig for the character? Can you then kind of export this rig to any character that you have in the game and kind of end the animation as well, right? So, yeah. Um, so when you uh, drag and drop the video onto the tool, you get the rotation data of 23 joints, which is exactly the same with the mix summary. And what we are doing is we support an automatic retargeting feature. So users just can drag and drop their custom 3D model to, of course, it should be weak. Uh, their weak character to our tool. And users just can retarget the uh, AI extracted motion to, uh, they can apply that to uh, their custom 3D characters. So, no, we are not um, creating a rig for a 3D custom character, okay. but the AI extracting motion can be applied to any of your humanoid characters. So, it, we can say that we have some uh, kind of comparability. So, and um, after you apply the motion to the uh, character, you can export it to FBX, GLB, BBH, so you can bring it to other tools like Unity Blender, any other tools you like. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At The Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes, it doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The uh. way the way we can do this 
is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. Right, so you need a rigged character mm-hmm. to kind of u- utilize the emotion that exactly. the flask the extracts from the video. Mm-hmm. And after that, you can use it as, uh, as much as possible, whatever you can. Right. What about the editing part? Mm-hmm. So if I want to create... Like in, let's say, for example, like modern mm-hmm. action games or any kind of games right mm-hmm. now. If you've seen like Last of Us Part Two, yeah, they, they yeah. did like like a billion different animations mm-hmm. for every kind of movement that the character can do, and that's why the character can open a door six different ways, right? Or and it's like every time you watch it, it's like a different motion. Mm-hmm. It requires a lot of motion capture, but it also requires a lot of editing because you need right. to cut this motion and that motion and so mm-hmm. on. So basically, with your data, when it's exported, can you just export it to Maya, I guess, mm-hmm. and play around there and cut it into like whatever pieces you want? That's a really good point because um, actually um, our internal goal or like internal target is like two-way. The first one is uh, to automating the animation industry with AI. That's the one big part. And the next big part is collaboration. So um, we are adding more and more uh, editing features to the tool. And we choose a browser to be the platform uh, of our tool. Uh, There a lot of reasons. So uh, as you just told you, as, as you just told, so animating is kind of like the work of art, you know. It is not our, uh, just a technical job. So there should be a lot of editing jobs after, even if they capture a motion from a fancy motion capture studio, they have to edit the motion to make it into the form of art. So um, editing is like the one of the essential part when it comes to game animations. And we want, but what people are doing right now is quite an old way. It's like the way, just like 30 years ago. And um, we think there should be about two things, two innovations should be brought to the industry. The first one is about the collaboration. So, you know, um, Figma is a great example to the UI UX uh, area. They bring a real-time collaboration to the UI UX design and they make the whole um, stage to the browser and it makes a lot of people to access uh, the project and giving a feedback, working simultaneously and making something into a, like, I am actually a AI developer before I started a um, company and we developers uh, have some like very good culture, I would say. It's like, the, like you know, there's a GitHub there, and there's an open source thing and there's a, a collaboration between um, total strangers. Those kind of things should be brought to the game, um, game design animation as well, I guess. so. That's why we are adding more and more editing feature to our browser-based tool and making it into a real-time collaboration uh, arena. Yeah, I think those what those are one of our great targets and those kind of editing features. That, that's why we are adding more and more editing feature to our tool. Yeah. So uh, I like this um, analogy with Figma because mm-hmm. I fig- I use Figma a lot, oh, really? although I'm not a mm-hmm. a designer, but I do use it to kind of review different forms and. Uh, it seems right that kind of like 
Figma grew from just like a UI mm -hmm. building tool to right. like more like a Photoshop kind of tool or mm -hmm. like Photoshop plus Coral Draw because it's like yeah. vector stuff and mm -hmm. raster stuff and all of it combined. Exactly. And it's uh, it is very approachable, so mm -hmm. you can download it and start playing around in the browser basically without having to use right. any other stuff that you do with other comparable tools. Mm -hmm. um, like especially the 3D animation thing, the assets are too heavy and the tool itself, the Maya, the 3D Max, when you misclick the tool and it takes on ears to open up. And yeah, I think those make the review and feedback process really slow. And I think when it comes to browser, it's really, really fast, accessible thing. So I think it would be great if you can bring it to the industry. When I think about uh, Maya in particular, um, the rigs themselves, mm -hmm. they can get pretty complex. Right. Right, and when we think about motion in general, it is a, like like you said a very complicated thing, and that's why we also run like a little bit of a recruiting uh, service, mm -hmm. and we see a lot of demand for guys like technical animators but, or animators exactly. in general, because like you said, it's like you're sparkling life mm -hmm. into a character, mm -hmm. suddenly giving motion and making uh, sure that it moves. I feel like what you're saying about AI could be could bring out like the next level to animation in general and the fluidity of motion, mm -hmm. the versatility of motion. Because right now everything is basically done by hand. I mean, mm -hmm. of course, mocap helped a lot. Definitely took a lot of uh, pressure from animators, but it's still a lot of things that you need to do by yourself or in teams and a lot of cleaning like you said a lot of uh, you know adapting the material and so on when we have ai a lot of those tasks are being done by the machine mm -hmm. and uh, my question is what else do you feel in animation can we outsource to computers so we don't have to think about it like uh, I think there is another piece of software called uh, Cascadeur or something. Yeah. yeah, they're doing a lot of that. Like in that, it's basically like a keyframe approach, but AI kind of adds up and helps smooth it out or right. suggest motion or help figure out when the impact is happening, what's going on with the motion and the physics and all that stuff. Where do you think it's going to go from here? How is Plask kind of gonna push this AI into the animation industry of course animation itself have a lot of things to can be um, automated by AI because I think at the end of this world maybe we can have um, some kind of animation features like just like by using the natural language maybe uh -huh. you can uh, make a whole animation so you're just like being a director so like just move in this way more or like just do it more with oh. a passion this can be be done with AI because you know similar things are done by the DALI too uh, recently you know the natural language can produce a whole artworks and it, this can be applied to animations as well so those things so animation itself can be really really uh, easy by using those kind of things but uh, not only for animation um, so Mixamo did a great job with uh, automatic rigging. 
啊，裝幣店啊 AI。But you know, rigging itself is actually have much more way to go than just Mixamo because all the deformation things and all the you know that's why we have technical artists in the game industry. So I think our next thing after we conquer the animation job would be the uh, rigging thing, and after that maybe we can work with the modeling thing. There are a lot of things can be improved by AI. So I think those kind of automations will help. Like I think this can be like YouTube thing. So back then only videos were pro mostly produced by the broadcasting. Uh, giants and normal people can make the videos and shows, but now everyone do right. Um, I think after those kind of after animation, after rigging, after modeling, after all the three D pipeline productions are automated, I think really um, everyone would produce like team of ten make a large scale game and get a like hundreds millions of revenue. I think that would be possible after. All the um, bothering jobs will be automated. They automated. Do you feel like uh, adoption of AI tools will negatively impact, you know, the workforce? Do you think more people are going to be left out of jobs? That's or... very, yeah, that's a very important question. Um, um, no, because um, I think this kind of uh, question was like repeatedly. When there's a new technology coming to the industry, and everyone uh, worrying about it replacing their jobs, but um, what I found out is that when uh, there is an AI coming to the industry and replace the most hard or like most repetitive jobs, and people just uh, move to more creative jobs, our tar uh, goal is to make every uh, members in the game team to focus on their own creativity. That's what we are aiming for. So like when AI makes the whole draft by AI mocap, then every animators can now um, work with the sensitive, the artistic, or like the uh, craftsmanship thing to their emotions. And it can make their emotions like more creative, more sensitive, more high quality. I think those will yeah, come to the area because you know when there's like yeah. <laughs> so uh, final question: How do we uh, start playing around with Plask? Do we just go online, mm -hmm. click the link, and start working? You don't need to. Do you need to pay? Is there like a trial period? How does it work? Um, yeah, you just can visit Plask.ai. After you make an account, you can start with Plask right away. We have a freemium plan, so you can have most of the features with most of the credit. Uh, most of uh, most you can use most of the feature without any kind of payment method registration. But uh, actually, we are releasing first paid version this weekend, and it will have some amazing exclusive features. Uh, like uh, previously, we only can extract the motion from a video with a mo one person inside, but uh, with the newly coming paid version, you can now. Finally, extract the motion of multiple people in the video. Each of the motion. Oh, nice! Yeah, those will be. We'll introduce the feature to the paid version, and there will be much more um, minor like um, features which which can make your uh, production much more effective. So uh, maybe, but 
the paid version will have the free trial as well, so you can try it out. And if you love it, you can buy it. But our uh, vision is to provide. But our short-term vision is to introduce the AI mocap to the industry. That's the first thing, uh, more than a monetization. So we will focus on uh, more to provide uh, provide more uh, AI-based mocap without any cost. So maybe don't have to worry too much. All right. Thank you so much for your interview. Thanks for enjoying another episode of the 80 Level Roundtable podcast. Check out upcoming episodes on the 80 Level website at 80.lv. Join our career site at 80.lv slash RFP. And share our podcast with friends and on your social networks.